Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations. Episode 4, Music for Marconi's Secret Engineer. There's many a lass of the scientist clan that has followed her brief in the field. She has sworn, she has cursed, been ignored and abused, but a scientist never can yield. I am Frances M. Lynch, the Artistic Director of Electric Voice Theatre, and you are very welcome to the fourth episode of our podcast series, Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations. All the music you will hear, except this song, adapted from a 19th century work by Mary Maxwell Campbell, will be by Cheryl Frances Hode, who is embarking on a commission for Electric Voice Theatre's Minerva Scientifica project, Echoes from Essex, which we are producing in collaboration with Chelmsford Civic Theatre and Essex 2020. Cheryl, who was born in Southend-on-Sea in Essex, will be creating a work for two female voices in electronics, which will connect the famous concert given by Dame Nellie Melba, broadcast from Marconi's New Street Works in Chelmsford on the 15th of June 100 years ago, with tests there by a local singer, Winifred Sayre, earlier that year, and with Marconi's secret World War II radio engineer, Florence Attridge, who was born in Chelmsford on the 14th of June 1901. You will hear the voice of the composer and that of historian of science Dr Patricia Farah, Emeritus Fellow of Clare College, Cambridge, as they discuss the life and work of Florence Attridge and how the composer intends to build on previous work with Electric Voice Theatre. She has written several works for us, in fact, including Photo 51 as part of the Franklin Effect project at King's College London where we were celebrating Rosalind Franklin's famous DNA work. And it's this that we're going to hear today. One of the phrases he uses is that Franklin's eyes were like x-rays, that she looked at you like x-rays. And of course, x-rays and radio waves are actually the same thing, scientifically. Electricity and light and x-rays, microwaves, they're all physically the same thing, they're all waves. So when I remembered that that was what you'd written about Rosalind Franklin, that immediately for me made a link with Florence Attridge and the radio waves, because one's x-rays and the other's radio. She was head of a secret coil winding shop that was making components for radio transmitters that were sent out 
to spy sets throughout Europe. So she played a very, very important part in the war effort, although rather annoyingly, because it was top secret work, we can't possibly know the details of what she did. In this close where I live, not many people know what I do. And they were put in a separate building because it was for security, so that it was kept very secret. Some people may think I'm a housewife. I'm at home, working by myself, using only pen and paper and pencil and a piano. If a composer goes away and does, does work secretly, nobody really understands it. It's rather the same with scientists, because a scientist is in, in her study or in her laboratory and she's, she's creating all sorts of equipment and using symbols and codes and equations that other people don't understand. So, in a way, I think there's quite a parallel between the secret work of composers and the secret private work of scientists as well. The act of composing is very suited to being at home. Marconi chose to open his factory in Essex. It's a lovely thing to be working on for me because it's been a name that I've been aware of that I've heard my nan talking about. It's very exciting. And Marconi and radio in general was very successful because Marconi could make very cheap radio sets that were distributed to homes throughout the country. So within a few years, people's lives were transformed by hearing music, by hearing the news. The cost was kept low by underpaying all the women who were putting the radios together. Things were very different a hundred years ago. I probably wouldn't have... I think I probably wouldn't have got any recognition for my music at all, I imagine. Unless I used a pseudonym. If you think about it, all those thousands and thousands of incredibly highly qualified women, and as soon as they got married, they weren't allowed to work anymore. I and mean, it was absolutely crazy. I imagine that Florence Attridge made very real suggestions and contributions. If you want to improve a radio set, you ask advice from the people who know it most intimately. We're never going to know exactly what she contributed, but the fact that she was made head of the coil winding shop, the fact that she got this British Empire medal, suggests that she wasn't just sitting at the bench doing what she was told. She was out there playing an active role and improving these spy sets that helped to win the war. I recently completed a Developing Your Creative Practice grant sponsored by the Arts Council to learn to use electronic music because I've never used it in my work and I've always been very scared of using it. And so I had this extended period of time learning to use this software and it's the first time I'm going to use it in a piece. So it's this whole new sound world that's opening up for me and it just seems a perfect match really for this subject matter. So it's extremely exciting. Those sounds are incredibly evocative and I can sort of hear music in them immediately. I think maybe that's going to be one of the hardest things to actually discover what those sounds are. I don't know even if it has a sound, the sound of copper wire being wound round things. I don't think it really has a sound, does it? One of the greatest things about that Franklin Effect project was working with you and sort of, you know, finding out all these extended vocal techniques which I'd never used before. It'd be lovely to carry on down that route. And of course, because I'm going to be writing for voice as well, most of my normal composition is based on things that aren't musical. I may have written in the past a piece for a singer inspired by Morse code, so I would listen and listen to that and try and find musical fragments in it and then perhaps use that as a basis for a purely um, acoustic composition. 
to use those sounds and try and create something musical out of them and treat it very much like I would my normal work, developing it and manipulating it. It's going to be very, very exciting. I really love this idea of hearing a voice down the phone. Absolutely. An incredibly evocative title. If you think what radio did to people's lives at that time, there had just been the First World War, a lot of people had gone to America, they'd gone to Australia, they were absent from people's lives at home. And for the first time, all of you could be listening to the same song at the same time. So I think that concept of absence and distance and being remote and being reunited through the radio is incredibly evocative. Radio absolutely revolutionised those sort of communications. Especially as you think now, we're all in lockdown, and yet we're, everybody's communicating with each other. This is a podcast that everybody can hear in their own little houses. A hundred years ago, you had no way of getting in touch with your relatives who'd emigrated. They could have ten children, and you would never know about it. People didn't even have telephones. Radio was such a social transformation. It was just extraordinary. I really love this idea of hearing a voice down the phone. Whenever I write, whether it's vocal music or instrumental music or anything, I always think in terms of character. Like everything I write, I almost think of as opera. So I can't see that not figuring. I'm just a frustrated grand opera composer, so everything turns out like that. <laughs> but in terms of this project, it was, we were very much sort of talking about Rosalind Franklin's life. Uh, yes, it was definitely based on Barbershop. Uh, And it was sort of also based on the X-rays because I was sort of sliding between chords. Like 
guess I wanted to, you know, make it a more accessible version of the x-rays. They're based on barbershop and x-rays at the same point. The instant I saw the picture, my mouth fell open, and my pulse began to raise. Ooh, Is this a quote from James Watson? The instant I saw the picture, my mouth fell open and my pulse began to raise. I mean, it sounded like a barbershop lyric somehow. Instant I Saw the Picture, from Photo 51 by Cheryl Francis Hood, sung by the Electric Voice Theatre Franklin Effect Quartet. Penny Osmond and Francis M. Lynch Sopranos, David Shepard Countertenor and Julian Stocker Tenor. It was recorded for First Hand Records in 2016. You can buy the CD from firsthandrecords.com or download tracks from Presto Classical, iTunes and the usual places. It includes works by Shirley J. Thompson, Lynn Plowman and Kate Whitley. We look forward to sharing Cheryl Francis Hode's new work for Electric Voice Theatre with you on September the 20th at Chelmsford Civic Theatre or online as part of our Echoes from Essex lockdown finale. I suspect... Cheryl may find better sounds than the effects I used today, but perhaps she will use a little of the song I sneaked in. Well done if you noticed and knew what it was, by the way. Absent by Catherine Young Glenn and John Metcalf, which was the first piece sung by Chelmsford's Winifred Sayer a hundred years ago when Marconi were testing their new radio broadcasting equipment before Dame Nellie Melba's glittering radio concert. That brings us to the end of episode four, music for Marconi's secret engineer. Many thanks to our contributors, science historian Dr Patricia Farah and composer Cheryl Francis Hode, and of course to you for listening. Do join us again for episode 5 of Women of Science and Music 30 Celebrations when we will continue to reveal the wealth of music, science, technology, engineering, medicine and maths created by the women of Essex. Immortal,